Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. Today we are on part number two of a three-part sermon series about the time of Christmas and how uh, the events transpired and what we're going to talk about today are the wise men at Jesus' birth, the Magi. Now, of course, the wise men or the Magi weren't there right when Jesus was born, but it was around, let's say, that time period. And of course, whether Jesus was born on December 25th, as we traditionally celebrate Christmas, or whether it was earlier, as in like September, uh, is not really what we're talking about here today. We did that last Christmas, so if you haven't seen that message, check it out in a card up here, or navigate to our YouTube channel and check out the sermon about Jesus' birthday. Uh, you can watch that on our channel there. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel, take advantage of that opportunity by clicking the subscribe button below. I also hope you like the videos and follow us on social media. So of course, today, like I said, we're talking about the Magi or the wise men. These are men that traveled for months and months and months, maybe even years, to find Jesus. And they weren't there when Jesus was born, as we'll get to eventually in today's message. But there's no doubt that the star could have been there when Jesus was born, and they chose to follow that star for many months. Now, last week, we talked about the importance of not practicing reading the stars. So, wait a minute. If now, this week, we're talking about how the wise men read the stars, could that be a little contradictory? Well, we're going to get to that point next week, so make sure to come back and watch that sermon as well. So let's recap last week's sermon. If you haven't seen it, check it out in a card here or navigate to our YouTube channel and find the sermon titled Reading the Stars. Last week we talked about how you can look at the stars and interpret them with constellations or uh, phases of the moon or the sun or what the stars' names are, how far they are, distant galaxies, etc. That's astronomy. You can do that. That's fine. It's when you go to astrology, which means divining the heavens and making them have a divine nature that all of a sudden they have power. You're attributing a false power to them, uh, seeing that, that they account for human behavior or that the way they move shapes what's going to happen here on earth and that somehow they control what happens on earth. That's astrology and that is a sin. It's a divination art which is a form of idolatry because you're having an idol instead of worshiping God. It's a false god. And that is a gateway to other forms of evil, sinful worship practices like witchcraft or sorcery or uh, seeking omens and horoscopes, uh, wizardry, and uh, mediums, spirits, and that kind of stuff. Could even uh, lead into demon worship or satanic rituals casting spells, all of that. So avoid any and all of that at really at all costs. Avoid that because it's somewhere that you don't want to go. It's something that the more you do something like that or the more you're around it or watching it, the more sensitized you become to it and then you start to believe that it's okay. When in reality, the Bible says it's definitely not okay. The wise men that were mentioned throughout the Bible, and I'm talking throughout the Bible, they were way back in, in Babylon in the story of Daniel, uh, the wise men and all throughout the Old Testament. They were, they were also called magi. 
And what did the term magi mean? Well, we, we come from uh, magi as in magic or magicians. These men were really interpreters of what they thought was the divine. And so they believed that the cosmos was divine, the heavens. And they believed that they could interpret things based on earthly signs and wonders and heavenly signs and they sought omens and they practiced some of this stuff. Some of them even did spells or wizardry or sorcerers and, and they were magi. Now, of course, if they became a sorcerer, then they were a sorcerer. If they became <clears throat> a magician, they were a magician. But these were the wise men. They served the king and they practiced astrology to predict the future and to help the king understand what different things meant such as the interpretation of dreams or different signs that the kings may ha have had or uh, etc. And, and it was even with not only the kings of Babylon, but also Persia and Media and even Pharaoh with, uh, in Egypt. So the, all these cultures had these wise men or, or magi to uh, help the king or the ruler with guidance. And a lot of them, of course, were through a false doctrine. And we see that, especially with Moses, when he performed all these miracles uh, with, from the one true God, Yahweh. And Pharaoh's magis or sorcerers were able to replicate several of them, but not all of them. The Bible says practicing astrology is a sin. 1 Samuel 15, 23, we read this verse last week, For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected Yahweh, he has rejected you. Don't reject Yahweh. Don't take away his worthiness of praise and give it to something else. He is a jealous God. Don't reject him. He'll reject you. He will. In Matthew it says, if you acknowledge my presence before mankind, he will acknowledge you before the Father in heaven. So if you don't acknowledge him, he won't acknowledge you. He'll reject you if you reject him. Don't reject God. Don't give uh, praise or worship to something that is not worthy of your praise. The heavens and divination, for example. Deuteronomy 4.19 is also another verse that we are going to check out, Deuteronomy 4.19. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me. Please use them. In addition, all of the verses will be referenced in the description below, so please check them out another time as well. Deuteronomy 4.19 says, And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all the heavenly array, do not be enticed to bowing down to them and worshiping the things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. We read that verse last week as well. When you see the awesomeness of the cosmos, don't let them draw you in so that you'll be like, wow, the moon phases really do affect the world. The sun affects humans. The stars can align and certain things happen. Or when we have a full moon, people go crazy or bacteria starts to grow better or things like that. It must have control over us. No, it doesn't. It isn't divine. Don't cross that line. Yes, God provided all of these things for our world to work in a certain way, exactly like he provided photosynthesis for the plants to produce oxygen. 
But by those plants giving us oxygen and allowing us to live doesn't mean those plants are divine. Don't make things divine that aren't divine. So if astrology is clearly a sin and divining the heavens is something that God definitely doesn't want, why then would he use astrology to lead the magi and the wise men to Jesus at the time of his birth? Why would he do that? God provided a star for the Magi to follow. He put a star up there, a sign. Potentially this could have been the alignment of three planets uh, kind of in, uh, in front of each other so it, it glowed so brightly. And of course with the rotation of planets, some planets, depending on where they are in the solar system, they take longer to orbit the sun. And so if they would have come in alignment with each other, it's very possible that that's, that star could have shone so brightly because it would take so much longer you know, for them to become out of alignment. If, if one takes so much time and so much time that they could have stayed in alignment for quite some time, months, maybe even years, that that star could have been shining. Now, of course, at the period of time when they all lined up, which could have lasted for six months or however many months or maybe days, depending on the rotation, the star or the light would have been the brightest. And then, of course, as they continued shifting away from each other, they would still be bright, but then eventually it would dissipate. So why would God do this if it's something that is sinful that he doesn't want people to, to worship? But he did. He provided a star for the Magi to follow. Matthew chapter 2 Verse 2. Check it out. Matthew 2, verse 2. <clears throat> the Magi came from the east and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. That's the Magi speaking. They saw the star and they've come to worship him. Well, God provided the star because he knew the Magi would follow it. How did he know that? Well, for starters, he's God. So he knows everything. He knew that the Magi would follow that star. But beyond that, the Magi had their own prophecy. Exactly like the Bible has prophecy, Magi and that uh, false religion or false doctrine, they had their own prophets and seers and different uh, sorcerers, etc. And the Old Testament is filled with uh, accounts of false prophets preaching and uh, to certain gods, Balaam, and etc. Uh, so the Magi, they had prophecy in their religious teachings. So God knew that they knew their prophecy and he had that prophecy come about so that they would follow it. What prophecy is that? Well, it's in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. This is Balaam. 24.17, we're just going to read the one verse. I see him, he says, but now I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the sons of Seth. I encourage you, definitely read about Balaam. In the first uh, chapter 22, really, of of numbers from chapter 22 to chapter 24 all the way through 24 is about Balaam and it's, it's really incredible and so Balaam's prophecy came about and 
The Magi knew this prophecy. So God provided this star to happen. And only a few Magi, how many were there? We don't know for sure. Of course, tradition and nativity scenes and everything says three. And why, did, why do we think there were three? Well, uh, it's because the gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So there were three gifts. So, of course, it's understood that, oh, well, if there are three gifts, uh, the Magi must have each brought one gift. Well, in reality, it could have been six Magi and two had gold, two had frankincense, and two had myrrh, or it could have been whatever, 20 of them, and you, you get the idea. We don't know exactly how many Magi were there, but the point is that when they started traveling, however many were in their hometown, let's say if there were 100, not all of them took the travel, made the journey to go find this king. There was some debate, and it took a while for people to decide to go follow. That's why they weren't there when Jesus was born, but they were there almost two years later. Only a few magi were willing to take this leap of faith and follow the star. The rest of them most likely stayed in Babylon in the comforts of their own zone or their own home. They stayed in their comfort zone where they wanted to be. The, the ones that took the leap of faith traveled for months to find Jesus and, like I said, didn't arrive until Jesus was about two years old. We're going to read the story of the magi in Matthew when they visit, so bear with me here. It's Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So if you have your Bibles, let's dive in. I'm going to go quickly, and then I'll recap and hit some points. And I really encourage you to come back later and kind of watch this and pause it and read more so you get more understanding of each of these verses and have a complete picture. But for time's sake, we, I mean, I could spend all day. We could do a, a couple-hour deal on the, the Balaam's prophecies and how they tie in with, with the Magi. But for time's sake, let's get started. Uh, 2 verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, by no means are least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd of my people Israel. So that was another prophecy, an Old Testament prophecy that had happened. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, the people he was asking were his own rulers, his own wise men. Then Herod called the Magi, the ones that were coming to find Jesus, secretly and found them out from the exact time, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, which would be about two years ago. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, so the star was still there guiding them, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So this is saying that that star could have been moving the entire time. Well, of course it was moving if it was planets that were in the rotation of the sun, around the sun, they were moving. And so the, it, 
timed and aligned perfectly how the star was moving with the solar system and it went right above where Jesus was. God had all of it planned to the tiniest detail. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, plural, and presented him with gifts, plural, of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, there are several points here. Uh, the first one I want to hit up is how do we know that the star was there for about two years? Well, uh, continuing, Herod uh, realizes in verse 16 that he had been outwitted by the Magi. He was furious, so he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. So he killed all the boys two years old and younger. That means when the Magi told Herod, hey, this star has been there for about two years. So Jesus was born, boom, there was a star. The star was there. The planets aligned. The Magi are like, hey, we got to follow that thing. This is something big. And they had some debate for who knows how long, months maybe. Finally, some of them said, I've had enough. We're going. And they, they journey from the east, Babylon, all the way to Bethlehem. Nazareth to this area. They stop King Herod. They say, hey, where's this boy? We going to worship him. He says, whoa, what's going on here? And then he consults his own people, gets the prophecy. Wait a minute, another king is going to be born? We got to do something about this. Tells the Magi how old all this stuff. Oh, the star has been there for what? Almost two years? Okay, go find him. Tell me. They go, they worship him. Then they leave. Herod says, why didn't those people come back? Let's execute everybody two years old and younger so that we make sure we wipe out that newborn king. These magi traveled for months to see Jesus. They went to Herod first, told him that the star was there, and then Herod killed those kids because he was afraid that Jesus was going to take over his reign. He didn't realize that Jesus was a heavenly king of the Jews. He wasn't here to be an earthly king. And so many other people didn't realize that as well. When this happened, of course, this prompted Mary and Joseph to flee to Egypt, which, of course, fulfilled another Old Testament prophecy from the prophet Isaiah. Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt because Joseph was warned in a dream in verse 13. When they had gone, so when they had gone, meaning the Magi had left, so we don't know how long the Magi stayed with Mary and Joseph. Maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe longer. But we know that it had to be at some period before Jesus was two years old or about thereabouts because that's when they left and then uh, all the two-year-old babies and less were killed. So when they had gone, when they left, the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Now, what prophecy was this? Well, again, we said Hosea. That was in chapter 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. Who's Israel? Jesus. We're not talking about Israel of uh, Jacob or, you know, the Old Testament Israel. 
although this is the Old Testament, it's the end of the Old Testament. But when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt, what I called my son. So Israel, the nation of God, he loved, God loved the nation of Israel. And out of it, he called his son to Egypt. That's the Old Testament prophecy in Hosea. A lot of prophecies were fulfilled when Jesus was born. And the Magi knew this. The Magi knew that there was a star. So they followed it. They dedicated time to following it. Jesus was born, and Herod even asked his own officials about the prophecy of, of Jesus being born. And they told him an Old Testament prophecy. And then another one is fulfilled when Mary and Jesus and Joseph have to flee to Egypt. So, all these magi followed a star that God gave them, even though God says, no, don't be worshiping the heavens. Why would God do this? Well, we're going to talk about that next week on why God would put the star there for the magi to follow. And it's more than simply to get them to worship Jesus. However, there's a bottom line and a main point, and that is he wants everyone to be saved. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time together, for the story of your birth and all the prophecies that led up to it. It's just so fascinating. There are so many. I really uh, pray that you would put it on the, the hearts of the people listening and watching to dive into it a little bit more, to start connecting the dots and drawing lines and, and seeing that, wow, this matches up with this and this and this and this, and, and drawing a picture of how many prophecies are in the Old Testament that related to Jesus and, and being born and doing things in the New Testament. It's really, really incredible. And Lord, thank you so much for showing us that and for painting that clear picture so that we can realize that the Old Testament was exactly what was predicted and that Jesus is the Messiah from the Old Testament, the one who came to save the world. Thank you so much for the story of, of the stars and, and aligning all of that and bringing the Magi there and for keeping Jesus alive for us and for having him die for our sins. Lord, I ask that if there are people out there who don't know that story, that they would be prompted to ask, that their hearts would be softened, that their minds would be open, that they would seek, ask, knock, and receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for being here this week. This was part two in a three-part sermon series. Please come back next week. We'll wrap it up and talk about why God would uh, use astrology, something that he says we're not to do. Why would he uh, put things there for people to follow, uh, even though it's something that we're not supposed to do? We'll talk about that next week. So make sure to come back. God bless.